Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Nice and bright and sunny out. Different environment. Whoa, whoa. What am I? Where, where are we? What's going on? <clears throat> Welcome to this completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, November 21st, the pre, uh, pre-giblets and stuffing yes. uh, version of the CU Podcast 2017. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. This is Ian's uh, library room. Guest room. Slash game room. We've shoved things out of the way here. So we got we got a lot of cool stuff lined up for you. We're talking about uh, the backlash against EA for the Star Wars Battlefront Two DLC stuff going on. Uh, we're talking about uh, GameStop disabling Power Pass very quickly, which is hysterical. <laughs> the ESRB going after indie physical games. Justice League, why not an animated Super Mario Brothers movie? A Rampage trailer with with The Rock Q and A. Maybe something else. Ian, we had a successful, pretty successful uh, NES marathon, the eighth annual benefiting Americans. We raised twenty-two thousand with the help of everyone out there, the fine audience. Yes, that was fun. It was. I had a good time. Um, I didn't feel like trash for the next three days. Only like a half a day, I felt like trash. I did. Of... <laughs> well, you pushed yourself, buddy. This was the first time I think I actually really did feel like trash after the marathon. But um, it was a lot of fun doing it with the group. Um, <clears throat> you know, big thanks to Gerard and Andre and uh, Alex for coming down for that and making the trip. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot more fun. It was easier to get through, I think, some of the walls when you could pass the controllers around and oh, sure. chat a little and e- all that. Easier to keep up with stuff when you have me or you looking at stuff while other people were playing stuff. We, we didn't fall as behind as we necessarily do in the past years. No, not, not quite as bad. Not quite as badly. It, it was, I think, a tighter run show. We had some audio clipping issues that we eventually kind of figured out. It was, it was just too much audio coming in on our poor little mix. But overall, I think it was a success. Twitch, thank you for helping promote it. They put it on the front page at times. Thanks for again to Gerard and Alex and Vani and uh, Andre for helping out. There were some funny NES marathon moments. Rush Roulette with Frank was pretty funny on a Sunday morning. I missed that. Yeah, I heard that was great, though. Vani's told the story. He, he, he 216 lived. to 1 chance that <laughs> everyone was knocked out in the first try except for Frank. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's only Frank. As only Frank can, can do it. By the way, before anyone complains about Pat getting a nice chair, Ian suggested I get this chair. Yeah, I just gave it to him. The Ian Spalooge chair, we'll just say. We don't know how many Pornhub visits have been launched in this chair. That aside, I'll disinfect my pants later. we got Spike hanging out. You can't see the little guy. He's hanging out. He's on my laptop bag over there. Snoozing. Um, and, and the reason that we are in this room is because uh, I'm going to start packing up my place relatively soon. Remind me, I have to give you some bubble wrap before you leave. 
You have some bubble wrap for Va- me. Vani brought you a big thing of bubble wrap. Oh, for the small bubble. bubble. Yeah. Okay, I, I bought. I ordered a, a one with the big bubbles, and uh, I might need some more boxes. Thanks, Vani, for that. I'm moving on a jet plane. No, I'm moving by car. Not too too far away, but uh, my, my life's going to be even more hellacious in December. But it'll get back there eventually. In 2018, you'll have a maybe a nice new studio for the CU podcast and whatever else goes on Twitch. If I should live stream me just writing for a certain Super Nintendo guidebook, that'd be funny. <laughs> just like, just obviously see me like type. Dude, you can't see what I'm typing, just see me type. Hey. like, <laughs> And just type. Uh, other than that, I just got back from Retro Game Con. I got two stories from Retro Game Con. Uh, oh, that's I think right. I, you told me you have a special story. I have a couple of special stories. I finally met, um, the first story was I met uh, Gary Kitchen and, and David Crane were there. By the way, thanks for everyone who came out. For some reason, my panels at Syracuse are always really nutty and insane. Uh, there's mythical footage missing. It's not online of my panel last year, where I ranted about Friendly's Ice Cream for like 15 minutes. So I was out of my mind all uh, last year. It's fun this year. Gary Kitchen and David Crane come up to me on Sunday, no, Saturday afternoon, and um, two of the special guests there, uh, you know, luminaries of video game history and game development. And they asked for, you know, they talked about my book. I gave them a copy of my book. I gave me Eric, have a couple of copies. Why not? I just said, I'm just an asshole who writes about the games. You made them. Here. Then I started asking about how the games fared in, in the book. <laughs> That's where things turn a little south. Because <laughs> I had to uh, use the app and to quickly say, okay, what was it? Absolute Entertainment, uh, which I think was Gary Kitchen. And then David Crane was, uh, what was a Dev House. Either way, I started to search, um, search for him. And... Wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 there was only one game that I think they it were. Was the, absolute and accolade, at maybe? No, not accolade. I, I can't remember. But uh, Let's see if it's still on, on the search. Uh, <clears throat> this isn't an advertisement. This is actually how I searched for a friend to let him know. There was about 15 games that they both worked on on the NES and uh-huh. on the dev side. Remember, the THQ published some of the games they worked on. Yeah. That's, that's a hint that they weren't <laughs> the best quality to begin with. It was a, it was a hint. Um, actually, they're right here. So the publishers were Absolute Entertainment, and that was it. That was the only publisher. Okay, it was Absolute. Okay. Um, so you had like a Garrett Kitchen, you had Battle Tank, Boyne's Blob, Race America, Space Shuttle Project, Star Trek Next Generation, and I believe there was there was like about three to four more. Oh, uh, whoever did the whoever did Ren, whoever did the, was a dev on Ren and Stimpy, uh, Vidiots, right? So the whole point is, I think it was like 10 to 12 games total. Hey, Boy and his Blob's pretty good. That's David Crane, right? Sure. That got two and a half stars, though. Like, So, like, the whole point was this. I, like, Space Shuttle Project got three and a half stars. I, I, I like that game a lot. That's, that's a good review. And then Ren State, I gave three stars there on average. Unfortunately, the rest were like two stars or one and a half. <laughs> and so to see their faces, they took it in stride. Uh, I think David Crane said it was funny. David Crane said, eh, well, you can't please everybody. <laughs> I kept trying to say, oh, one was, uh, um, one was, uh, what the hell was that game? Uh, Ghoul School. Not the best game. No. You know, so when you start looking at it and you're like, Ugh. and to, to their credit, like Ghostbusters, the ports on the NES weren't that good. No. They weren't that good, right? It's, yeah. So it's like, eh, they're like one step removed from it, kind of, you know, sure. maybe they had a hand in a little bit. But the whole point was, uh, is that they didn't fare that well on the NES, the games they worked on overall. Like, the average rating was probably like two stars, something like that. And they took it in stride. They thanked me for the book. It was funny. 
uh, just to be like, I had to say, I actually didn't review most of their games. Like, thankfully, I was like, I said, like, oh, I actually reviewed Space Shuttle Project and Red Stevie. I gave them those three and three and a half stars. They're like, <laughs> but they didn't care. So the other funny story was uh, when I got to the airport, I actually saw Gary Kitchen and David Crane again. But then I, I had a something funny happen. So the, the past year, uh, there's been uh, Daniel Piscina and uh, what's his name, J- Jax. Yeah. Is that his name David Parrish? Is it David Parrish? I think it's David Parrish. Or John Parrish? John Parrish. Yeah, maybe it's John Parrish. Uh, Jack's actor name. Actor name. So they've been following me, um, shadowing me this year. We've been like four conventions together in Arizona, in, um, in Connecticut. Uh, and now we're both at this event. And for whatever reason, I haven't said hi to them. I felt like, who the hell am I? They're actors from, in video games from 20 years ago. I'm an idiot doing YouTube videos. So something told me, you know, not something told me. I was like, you know what? I, I got the shittiest food ever at the, let me tell you something about the Syracuse airport. Fucking small. I thought Buffalo's airport was small. Well, it was actually a little smaller. Syracuse isn't that much bigger. It was like 27 gates. That's it. Pretty small. Four food choices. I went to some weird medieval themed restaurant. Oh, boy. And got, and got the worst quesadilla. Hardest group of quesadilla. But we look inside and see that pre, prefab cube chicken meat inside. Oh, yeah. Mm. They couldn't even, like, have shredded chicken in that quesadilla. I went from having one of the best quesadillas of my life at the hotel. Literally, the hotel one that they cooked up was really good to one of the worst ones. So I needed, I needed to, to cleanse my palate with some sort of dessert. There was a Johnny Rockets there. I should have eaten there. I wanted to get a nice, healthy milkshake. I go to get the milkshake at Johnny Rockets. It seems like Johnny Cage beat me to it because when I looked down, I saw, I saw the uh, the, uh, the what is it? We, the, the, I'm I'm tired. The flight ticket, whatever. The fucking go- boarding pass. Yes. The boarding pass on the ground was Daniel Piscina. That's Sub Zero <laughs> for you, everyone. That's Johnny Cage. <laughs> it's fate. Yeah. I have his boarding pass. I got my milkshake. I found the gate. They're both sitting there. Uh, they got all their gear there. And I go, oh, Mr. Messina. I, I hand him the boarding pass. He looks fucking confused. He's like, who's this person? <laughs> and then I start to introduce myself. Jax was pretty quiet. Mr. Piscina, Master Piscina, because he's a, you know, like martial arts master. We start talking, and then we realize, yeah, you look kind of familiar. We've seen each other at this convention. But I, I thank them for the work. I asked where they're from, which is fucking stupid, because it's Chicago where Midway is. I should have realized that. Um, and then, you know, I mean, just exchange, exchange pleasantries. Uh, Jack seemed pretty nice. It was funny. It's like, you could, everything you'd be doing something like this. And Jack's like, hey, you know, I never thought so. It's my first year. But hey, if they want to have us out and pay us, why not? <laughs> you know, you say it like that. But you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's not something you'd imagine them doing like like a day of mo- you know, motion capture work 20 years ago right. on a few different games turns into something like this. You know what I mean? Or a few days of motion capture, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that was it. And I gave them the boarding pass. They thanked me. And uh, that's my that's my less embarrassing story uh, versus you for uh, meeting Jax. Woo-wee! That <laughs> feels better. Uh, <laughs> and shit. yes, and Jax. Not many people make me feel overtly less of a man when I'm standing next to them. Jax is definitely one of them. Though. He's terrifying. He he's bigger than he was 20 years ago. Like he he or just as big. He's got to be in his you know you think mid to late forties by now. I I got his card and it, yeah he's some sort of like superhuman trainer according to his card. It's like peak performance human tra- you know, like one of those jobs. That's what he does. I, I think he's like a 
a sovereign citizen mercenary type deal. He's a, what? He's a, he's a crazy person if you look into. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. He's a mercenary. I don't know if he's a mercenary, but he's, <laughs> he's just a very. He's a very. He's, he's, Wait a minute. Let's not, let's make sure we have our facts right about Jax here. Are you a mercenary, Jax? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Let's see. Is Jax a mercenary? <laughs> or am I just thinking of the storyline from the games now? I think you're thinking of the storyline for the for the for the uh, the game here. Oh man! Wait, who was who was the actor here? Uh, motion capture. Now, that's not portrayed by John Parrish. It is John Parrish. So now live, we got to do a lookup of John Parrish to see whether or not he's a mercenary. John Parrish. John <laughs> Parrish, mercenary. He's, oh, he's he's fifty two. Oh, all right. He looks like ten years younger because he's just he's just ripped. Yeah, he's he's bigger than what he was uh, twenty years ago. All right, my bad. He's not a. He's not a mercenary. He's not a, no, he's not a mercenary. He's not living living this character. I thought he had taken up mercenary life. Uh, you take it on. <laughs> you take up the mercenary life. Yeah, I want to be a mercenary. I want to get my car. That's why he enjoyed the bathroom so much. <laughs> That's like okay. Let's let's back up and you got to clarify what that statement means now. Oh, uh, right. So I had a story involving him, and he uh, it was. What convention was it? It was Game On Expo, and no one had opened. The, the The room hadn't opened yet, and I walked into the bathroom. The bathroom was big and wide, and all the way at the other end there was a guy finishing up taking his piss. A gigantic man, a large man, and he zips up, and it's it's Jax, and he takes a step back and goes, "Woo wee!" Now that feels better, and I'm like. Out loud. And he turns around and he sees me and he just puts his head down and shuffles away as fast as he you can. You shame Jack. Shame. How dare you? Humiliation. Humiliation. P- pissing humiliation. He's, uh, a, he's a urinal mercenary. So, uh, r- r- so real quick, um, there will be an NES Punk video that comes out hopefully by the end of this month. I have to just edit it. I'm done with my fucking seven conventions and, and 12 weeks uh, tour, whatever the hell I did. So that's done. It might be less than that. Less weeks than that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to move into a, a bright new place. Maybe uh, be more relaxing to work on writing. Maybe I'll be streaming on Twitch more. We'll see. The big news, though, Ian. EA, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Boy, those guys. What's, what's going on there? What's going on with the, with the, the Vader Skywalker stuff? And Yeah. All right, so I, we probably don't need to tell you too much about what Battlefront 2 is. It's sequel to the reboot of the um, you know Star Wars Online first-person shooter. This time they've come back. They've added a single-player mode, supposedly, etc. It's first or third person? Uh, in Well, in the last one, it, most people played it in first person, but you could actually still switch out to third person okay, if okay. you wanted to. This I don't know. I'm assuming probably yes. Okay. Um, so initially, um, there was there's been a lot of uh, outcry over this game um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is the microtransactions, and two is the um, was the perceived slap in the face cost of unlocking uh, playable heroes for different modes. Um, if you were to just grind it out yourself. Okay. Okay. So the, the big one was that Vader and Luke Skywalker were ridiculously high versus everyone else. They were like 40 hours worth of grinding. So they were, I think they were like, when I saw tens of thousands of credits, like 75,000 or something ridiculous. Right. Well, the other characters looking like they're only like 10,000, 15,000. 
originally. Right. And For Chewbacca, Leia, Palpatine, and then Skywalker and Vader, who you'd want to play at, because they're probably the most powerful ones in the game, were ridiculously high. Or at least just the coolest. I mean, they tend to try to at least keep those characters somewhat balanced. Sure, but that's what we, yeah. we want to play at. Right. So then either you grind it out for a thousand hours or you end up paying real money. Exactly. Because you want them now. So people were upset about that because the two characters that you're obviously going to want to play as most, even if you bought like the $80 um, collector's edition, um, they still didn't come unlocked. Oh. They were still locked. You still had to grind your balls off or you have... That doesn't sound sounds, good. That sounds way, bad, way worse than I thought. Um you still had to grind your ass off or, 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 or pay up. Grind your ass and balls. Um, I don't know the exact conversion of money to crystals, which is going to be the in-game currency. But people flipped out after the let's, uh, after the uh, free play weekend, or the early yeah. access weekend, because they had determined, they're like, this is insane. I'm going to have to dedicate myself to unlocking Luke or Vader for about 40 hours and doing nothing else. The other problem that people are concerned about was that the game was looking extraordinarily uh, like it was going to lean heavily on uh, pay-to-win. There are things called uh, cards, uh, star cards in the game, that I'm assuming are very similar to uh, how they worked in the first one, which are basically uh, power-ups or enhancements that you can use. Like uh, okay. they, they, You can equip like uh, three cards. To, to yourself when you go play. So it might be a better weapon, a uh, better bomb, um, a better effect, you know, speed up or something like that. Um, and initially there was going to be, they were going to be in loot crates, including high level ones that you could just win by in chance. In loot crates? Yeah, in loot crates. Loot boxes, you mean? Loot boxes. Loot crates, a company that sponsors us. <laughs> right. <laughs> loot boxes. <clears throat> Um, and, uh, you know, people, I mean, that, that would obviously take a lot of fun out of it. The people who had the most money could buy all these boxes and they would have, you know, an instantaneous advantage over everyone else. Sure. So what EA did was, well, originally they responded on Reddit. It was oh, most, yeah, that was, it was most downvoted Reddit comment in, in Reddit history. Mm. So someone just said, Seriously, I paid 80 bucks to have Vader locked? And they responded to the EA community team, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. As for cost, we selected initial values based upon data for the, from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. Amongst, among other things, we're looking at average per player credit earn rates on a daily basis, and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and, of course, attainable via gameplay. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the candid feedback and the passion the community has put forth around the current topics here in Reddit, our forums, and across numerous social media outlets. Our team will continue to make changes and monitor community feedback and update everyone as soon as and, and as often as we can. So the coldest, most clinical PR response right. you can... Basically, we don't give a shit. That we lock this behind paywalls, and or you have to play for a thousand hours to to get these characters. Now, I think at that point they had already said that they were lowering the price of Vader. Did they? That was I, nine days ago. No, I know. At this point, though, I still think they had already said that they were that they. I think they said they had lowered the price for Vader, and mm-hmm. I and, think that was beforehand. And Luke, because they just said that the past week. That was the first shot across the Well, they the did bow. one thing, and that they 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 they. they I thought they did the AMA right after because they figured they had generated some goodwill. 
No, not, not from that comment they did it. That well, comment got no, the most I downloads know, I history. know it didn't. I know it didn't. This but, was before that. I okay. think this was the first shot across the bow where people were getting like, what the fuck? But this was over, this was oh, oh, yeah, nine days ago. Okay. So that was like the 10th or 11th or 12th. And this, the changes came in the past like five, six days. So initially they, to respond to this, um, because, I mean, people started canceling pre-orders. Like, lots of people started canceling pre-orders for this game. Um so they said, okay, well, we're not going to, you know, they decided they were going to be uh, a fraction less greedy, and uh, in-app transactions were going to stay in, but they were going to lower the cost of Vader and Luke to bring it down more closely to the level of the other unlockable heroes so that it made it, made it more um, reasonable to grind out and unlock them. Sure. But that didn't matter. It sounds like after you even unlocked them, according to this comment, that they're gimped from the go. So, like, when you unlock them, you still have to... Oh, yeah, you still have to level them up. Level them up. Yeah. So, it's like, what are you doing then? This, yeah. There's absolutely no encouragement to play. Through. You, they are saying, buy it or else you're never going to get the character you want. Right, you because want. After, after that 40 hours, then you're going to grind for what? However many long... According to this, one of the top responses said, not good enough. Also, there's no pride with wasting 40 hours grinding for a hero, only, only for the hero to be gimped from the go and require 300 more hours grinding to make them heroic. <laughs> You're just pushing the system to incentivize spending and for no other reason. And then he says, uh, tell Matt to get a new job. Community managers don't insult the entire community, especially when they're trying to bring attention to such a cynical and shitty decision. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough when you're a community manager to be in this position because there's no way out. It's not up to you. You can't change anything. It's just, if it's shitty, it's not like you could. your opinion means anything or matters anyway. So where does this all fall out? Um, basically... Uh, and it, it still hasn't ended in a, a way that's suitable enough for me. Um, this ended with uh, EA essentially going, okay, fuck it, this is blowing up in our faces. They are lose it. They are losing all their pre-orders. Um, they've apparently, they apparently upset Disney. Um, and uh, they eliminated all microtransactions Temporarily. 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 And they then lowered Skywalker and Vader for 15,000 credits instead of whatever they were for tens. I think it was like 50 or 75 or something ridiculous. It was so high. Okay. So here's here's the deal. It, no one, I don't think, I don't think anyone is buying this. Um, Lucasfilm even said that they're happy that they did this because, you know, Star Wars is, you know, for the customers and for the people and they want the people to have fun. Uh, you know, and they don't want people to be confused. EA is doing this simply because they're concerned about um, sales in the launch window and the holiday window. They want people to forget about the fact that they said temporarily, and they need those launch sales for this game to make money. Sure. You know, and they, they need those things now. I think it's almost too easy to call this, basically, and they keep saying that they're going to pay attention and adjust things, I don't want to load up a game and see, you know, DLC one day for ten dollars, the next day it's eighteen, the next day it's seven. You know, I mean, what? I mean, am I going to fucking play no. it? But I, I mean, I'm just saying that's kind of what they're trying to say. What I think is going to happen is they will leave microtransactions out until the game has been out for probably about four to six months. I'd say 
less time, more than more time is likely, and then they'll reinst- reinstate them, and they'll use this excuse. People who did not get it at launch, it will help those people who did not get le- get it at launch catch up to people who have had it since launch. So, so this is a deal with uh, Disney stepping in here, because obviously EA, the, their stock took a minor hit when they announced they were temporarily suspended, because that's less money in the pockets of EA. You have stockholders, less confidence. We know that. Uh, companies have fiduciary duties. Whoever, whoever runs a company has a fiduciary duty to make the company as much money as you can. That's the bottom line. Whether or not you agree with this is shitty, and it is shitty, that's what they're going to do. Right. We, we can have a whole other conversation, which we can at some point, about is this sort of crap necessary? And people, will, some people will say it is somehow, even though this this loot box shit didn't exist a few years ago in games to this extent. You, you can make the argument that this is the only way AAA titles can be made and be profitable at this point in time. For whatever reason, the budgets are big, the license to Star Wars is a lot of money, you know, that's what they got to do to stay afloat. When you're a publicly traded company, though, you have a lot more pressure on you to have a profit and to have consistent profit versus it being, you know, a private company. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe this shitty practice is going to happen more with these larger companies, as, as we see. What's interesting, though, is that when Disney weighs in on it, Disney has a hell of a lot more to lose than even EA in this case because it's their brand that they are licensing to someone else to make money off right. of. So Disney gets their money up front in a deal like this probably. They're done with that at that point. Maybe they get a small portion of the profits. But to them, it's small potatoes overall. You, we, we gave, you gave us money to use our assets and our, and our likenesses of our characters. Have fun, EA. You spent It's like the same way they get the NFL deal. Have fun making whatever game you want. And then when they see this spiral out of control, they got to step in. Because they got a huge fucking movie coming out in December. Right. You don't want this. They have a lot more risk than EA. Shadowing, you know, your movie. They spent billions, Disney, acquiring stars. Billions of dollars. Yeah. They, they have little room for error when it comes to this shit and their brand. So Uncle Uncle Mickey came in and, and I had, a, I had a, a good talking to, it sounds like, with EA. <laughs> yeah. So what it sounds like happened, according to the Wall Street Journal, you had... Uh, Disney executive Jimmy Pataro spoke with EA management just hours before microtransactions were removed. Reportedly informed EA that, that executives at Disney were upset by how the dissatisfaction amongst players reflected on their marquee property. So, um, yeah. Yeah. They had a stern talking to. I'm imagining uh, someone whipping into that office, shirt on, duck hair on fire, like it's literally to kill. It's literally Mickey Mouse from South Park with a baseball yeah, bat yeah, and he yeah. starts <laughs> cracking heads. <laughs> Because you in the past, it's not like yes, Star Wars is is the king of of getting you to buy whatever merchandise you want, but it's never something that, like sneaky about it. It's never like oh, you, you you can get that real toy if you buy these other toys. No, it's like okay, you want to buy our shitty toaster, go for it. But there's no there's no trickery involved. Right. You want to buy the shitty consumerism, get buy into that, go for it. You want your Star Wars branded oranges? Get your Star Wars branded oranges. Sure, if that's, that's a fine. thing. Get, you know what I mean? Get get your Star Wars branded stuff. Weird fox sitting over there. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that in the picture, everyone. You probably can't. But you know what I mean? Uh, but but this to Disney is a bridge too far. Where Disney doesn't have to do this to make money. They just put out the products and people will buy them. They don't have to try to try to sneak around you know, or microtransactions. It's just like, buy a ticket store, a movie, we're going to make tons of money, and that's good enough for us. Right. Because they have to, you know, be safe here. So I just think it's an interesting situation, but they're going to come back. They have come, you know, they're going to come back, but they're, they lowered everything. I think they're probably just going to lower everything to a decent amount. P- 
people are still going to spend money, but at least it won't be through the nose. Yeah, they also said, I think EA said something like, okay, well, we'll try to make sure that no, like, ultra-rare star cards are in, you know, any of the boxes, and, you know, if you get higher-powered stuff, we'll make sure, and this is, like, such a stupid oversight, like, really? Oh, we'll make sure you, you, you know, you have to be a certain level before you can equip it, and it's like, yeah, I mean, that's one of the first things you put in when you're trying to, like, not make a game pay to win you know it, it, it was just it was so obvious that that, that the, the the scheme they were going for was give me money so you can win the game it was going to be pay to win do they still do they, re- they even release the chances of getting this rare stuff even on the uh, i mean i never see it i don't think the stats are ever th- this has to be regulated not here it has to be regulated at some point doesn't it yes because it's like with anything else when you when you have gambling commissions and know the exact odds of of winning at at, at uh, slot machines or roulette, the odds are known what the what the maximum jackpot. Like they're there, so that it can't be fucked with. Because behind the scenes, who knows if oh, maybe we'll just make the the rare card a little bit less easy to get, so we know how much more money is going to come in to get. You know, who's controlling that? All right, it's just it's just flipping a switch somewhere. It's just saying, oh, now the odds are they are one in a thousand. Now it's one in fifteen hundred or well, one in two thousand. And I think that's what they're actually talking about when they talk about tweaking and balancing and this, it's, that, and the next thing. I, I mean, I think that's outwardly saying, yeah, we have to find the right, you know, mix of odds it's absolute, and money. It's absolutely gambling. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yep. But the whole point is usually when you when you gamble with whatever it is, whether, whether it's card, when you buy a pack of cards, chase cards, toys, you know the odds usually of getting that. The production numbers aren't hidden. Am I boring you? No. Okay. All right. So, um, so anything else to add to that? No. Okay. On top of that, though, there was um, fake death threats that came out from a guy who wasn't really an EA dev that pretended he was. So this was reported uh, Jason Schreier, uh, who may not know the NES library well, uh, of Kotaku, um, <laughs> the curious case of the EA game dev who said he received death threats. So um, he had 5,000 followers on Twitter. It was Big Sean 66 with two Gs. Big Sean 66 Started tweeting a while back saying that he was with EA. And then after all this hullabaloo came out originally, he said he was up to seven death threats over 1,600 individual personal attacks now. And that went viral. I think mainstream outlets picked it up, writing about how the outrage over Battlefront 2's microtransactions led to gamers threatening Big Sean's 66 life. So interesting article from Jason Schreier. And then he was quoted by other developers and journalists. Sympathies were sent. So it was a whole other issue about gamers acting like assholes towards developers. Here's the problem, though. No other current EA employees knew who the hell this guy was. No one could identify him as an actual person working for EA. So either you had someone, either you had gamers making death threats to a fake person, or the the guy was, this, this Twitter account was making it up entirely. Right. So... But the fall of that is that you have you have gamers, quote unquote gamers, being put in a bad light as a group that were out of control, that were nuts, that we shouldn't. Of course, you shouldn't be sending death threats over anything, really. For video games, absolutely not. Of course not. Well, I mean, the awful thing about this is, um, I mean, this trivializes something that actually does happen i mean it has happened it it wasn't it it, it was not very long ago that we were talking about mass effect andromeda and i mean Mm -hmm. there were actual death threats circling around when it came to you know mass effect andromeda um don't need to make it up 
and uh, I mean we we don't we don't need to create these problems if they aren't actually there. I mean we're trying to make I mean the gaming community needs to get better, not worse. So there's really no point in and you see what I'm saying like okay, well if there's no death threats here, we don't need to keep that status quo of there being death threats around up just let it go. I mean sure. who who are they trying to make look stupid? Sure. This, this this big Sean sixty six was nefarious. Is he posted pictures from inside EA to say like, oh, I work here that were posted elsewhere. Like there, there's investigation going on here with this with this. Uh, is it kind of a troll or a nut or both? So this brings up a larger point though. Another conversation, and I I just talked to uh, uh, Boogie two nine eight eight on the uh, not so common podcast because he tweeted about this that uh, vehemently saying to people, you should not be sending death threats as gamers. We have to watch what we do. We should not be doing this. We're going to look bad to these outlets. This makes it worse. And some of the respondents, uh, I remember in the, in the chain saying, why should I be held accountable for what some other asshole does? Well, why should my reputation be tarnished? Uh, you know, it, it should not be that the worst of us represents us. And Boogie said, no, that the worst of us does represent us. That's why you have to call it out every time it happens. And make sure that this isn't how the mainstream culture or mainstream whatever legacy media portrays us, especially after the whole, the whole Gamergate thing where assholes went after people for no reason and dox people, whatever else. So that's a conversation I had with him. I, and I, I, I mostly disagree with the notion that we have to constantly uh, go after or, or at least make sure that the worst of us isn't representing us. Like, shouldn't it be known that some random asshole out there, and there are always going to be random assholes out there, whatever bad behavior they do, should that always reflect on the normal person? No. And, and this, especially in a situation like this where it's, a, it's an outspoken uh, person anonymously on, on, on Twitter or on Facebook sending a death threat. You know, like, why should, first of all, one, why should, why are they representing me or why should they be included in, in whatever group I think? Why do I have to speak out against them every time some asshole out there does something wrong? And the other question is, even if Polygon or Kotaku uh, says that, oh, this is bad, look at this group of gamers doing that, why should I give a shit what Polygon thinks about me if I include myself uh, theoretically as a gamer? Like, Why should I give a shit what a site like that says about me? And that's the question I... I Posed to Boogie, and he said, "Well, some people don't care, but if it gets out there, this is how then we'll be represented as a group." And I don't know. That's that to me is a larger conversation, and one that I think is so highly theoretical and not just logistically. How can a whole group be identified? What does that mean? How how can that affect you? Invert. It only can, it only matters to me if you can be affected in daily life. Like, does it get to the point where you say to someone, "Oh, I'm a gamer. Like, I like gaming," and then that person you're telling remembers a Polygon article from a few years ago saying gamers are dead and you're all terrible and this is why so then is that what you're trying to stem the tide from that happening like is it pushing back against that potential where in the mainstream everyone thinks gamers are uh, just non-social dweebs that can't talk to anyone or function in society I always counter that with well isn't like the majority of people nowadays a gamer like when you look at how many people buy video games, aren't we all in that group? So then the more people that are in that group, doesn't that dilute the, the meaning of a gamer group in the first place? So, 
I mean, to a degree, I, I, I think it depends on how attached to a label you are is also going to sure. determine how much you, um, you know, care about the worst representing us. I, I do agree with, with to, to a degree with Boogie that you are represented by the worst if you are, you know, if, if you need to consider yourself part of a clique or part of a label, um, you need to be careful with that label and what you choose. You need to be careful. You also need to wonder how much you care. I think we also need to get past this click. We need to get past this clickish mentality of of gamers and identity. Well, we spoke that about that before, and, and I think I think that's a, a, a larger issue. Letting hobbies define you as a person, right? Entirely versus it right. just being something fun you do. Yeah, exactly. I know lots of people who go to movies twice a week and they don't refer to themselves as anything other than a person. I'm a movie buff. Yeah, I'm a movier. A mo- uh, movier? A movier. Or, <laughs> movie, movier game? Yeah, filmer. Um, <laughs> filmer. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's. Yeah, I mean, and, and and that's the thing. I I I, I be, It's it's because people want there to be this group. I don't know why they want that that group identity. Um, that. People like Boogie, I think, would would feel that way that you you are going to be represented by the worst. And at that point, I do kind of have to agree with him that you have but, to be careful with that. But only if if that's your situation. For instance, that's not my situation. Do you play video games? Yeah, I play video games. I I just I keep you know various people like you. It obviously doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother me. I keep my head out of that shit. So. I, I don't know. I think it's a difference of perspective on how much you would care. Well, yeah, it's, I guess, interest versus lifestyle. I guess if there's a gamer lifestyle, like, I, I have a gamer chair, I, I, I drink monster energy drink. Like, is there, like, a gamer yes, I think lifestyle that some as, as, ascribe to? Yes. And is I that what it is? I, and maybe we don't get that. But I we think, don't get I, that? But I think there is... I, I think I, for a lot of people, gaming is a lifestyle. But this doesn't happen with other things. Like, no. like, like, there's some awful sports fans that say bad shit, go to games and, and throw beer bottles and get in the fights. They don't. Rep- no one pretends that that represents all sports fans. No, it just represents, represents Buffalo sports. Fans. Yeah, <laughs> or Philly throwing <laughs> snowballs at Santa. You see what I mean? Though, this is beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You don't you don't see you don't see other sports fans have to say, "Whoa, that person that that punched that guy at that game uh, that, at that Mets game, they just represent me." Because when the Why camera pulls out, you see a big stadium full, full of cheering 40, fans, people. and you realize it's a couple of assholes. And, and you realize it's a couple of assholes. Whereas when you pull out the, ca- the 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 camera on these stories, all you see are these stories. And you don't see like when, when something bad, like for example, one of the most horrific things happened when the, those those asshole Dodger fans. Uh, Put that 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 Giants fan in a coma a few years yeah. ago uh, after the Dodgers game. Yep. They they jumped them and put him in a coma. Those pieces of shit. I think they caught them all though. Yes, um, they did. But no one after that said that's how. Wow, all these bad Dodger. No one like no one said that's how all Dodger fans were. That's how all baseball fans were. That's how all sports fans were. No one said that when they covered it. No one's ever said that when they covered it. Uh, when they've had bad stuff happen, like the Malice in the Palace. At the at that NBA game, uh, what, it was like 15 years ago already. When that happened, no one's ever done that. So why? That's a larger question. I'm not thinking about why is that only happened in my eyes with in gaming. That's a whole other issue we can get into at some point. Maybe I'm thinking about that in the, for the future. Why because, is it the only time I've seen it only happen with g- gamers being identified? Well, this is all of gamers. Is I, there an agenda there? Maybe I, th- I think. It, well, I, I still think it goes back to a. a, a 
perspective situation. You know, it's like when you see, um, you know, uh, removes 99% of germs, you know, uh, like like a commercial for like a, you know. Like a bacterial spray or something? Yeah, and it shows you that <laughs> tile, right? And there's just that little. There's a couple little microbes there. Right, okay. That is the perspective of sports and those little microbes there that are left over by a leading brand, okay, are, 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 are the bad are the bad apples. Okay. You know, people look at them and go, ah, that spray does a good job. It's, there's just a couple of bad apples there. But gaming, I think, is that picture zoomed in to make it look much worse. Is it also maybe because gamers as a whole are more technologically savvy, so they're more likely to be on a Reddit or be on Twitter or Facebook? They don't know how to go after devs directly, you know what I mean, versus the average Joe Sixpack, who's just a fan of the New York Rangers, he might disagree with with the GM uh, trade, but he's not going to go after the GM's page and attack his family. Is that is that is that part of it? Maybe too. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud now. It's, I mean, it, it, it's possible. I mean, now we're just spitballing, but um, I mean that's a possibility too. But I, I honestly think it's you know you, you take like I said before you take sports you you you, you or any you do, or, or any other or hobby, anything, but any other big hobby and you, you, those hobbies I think have had their wide angle pan shots where you can see everyone having fun and having a good time. No one sees the majority of gamers not being vocal. I did say they boogie. Uh, not the, currently, no. But the, the majority of gamers maybe aren't online complaining. Yeah. They're just average people playing their, their games, having fun. It's like we talked about secret collectors. Not everyone has to be online talking. Secret collectors. <laughs> but, I mean, remember, That's like a new A&E series. Yeah, but I yes. mean, you remember when we talked yeah, about that. There, there are the collectors that are just swing their, swing their junk around. In a circle, oh look at I! I got little Sam's completing box, but there's a lot of collectors out there, like the like the the, the lovely Mister Atwood that they had. It was a secret that he had all this stuff. And I've had the pleasure of meeting some who live in San Diego. You know, really, and, where are they? And uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, but the, you actually met one of them at one of the events, actually. But anyways, um, they're out there, and I think that there's probably a lot of gamers like that too. I mean. I talk about games a lot, but I rarely talk about what I'm actually playing. I mean, I I definitely don't get into fandoms. I don't try to look into games harder. Maybe that's it. Maybe it. Yeah, it's just the okay. Online not presence. not to not to disparage an entire group that might be a core audience, but maybe some people are more well rounded. <laughs> maybe, maybe, and and gaming is again part of your life, not your entire life. Yeah, maybe you like cooking. Maybe you collect stuffed animals comic books you're into. I'm a cooker. I'm a cooker? Cooker gate? Cooking gate. There's only three things I care more about than cooking. They said cooking and Spike got up. We're, no, we're not getting any food, Spike. I wish you could see Spike in this shot. Aww. You can't see him. Yeah, he's just going to rotate and lay back He's just going to ruin and soil my laptop bag. Alright, that's all on this topic. Uh, guys out there, listen to my conversation with uh, Boogie. He put it online. It's also uh, on an audio format. It's, uh, it's very good. It's very fun. And, um, yeah. So, moving on, Ian, to something that got reversed pretty quickly. And after, maybe they listened to the last podcast, because I, I point out all the bad reasons how this could go wrong. Yeah. Maybe they realized it after the fact. Maybe, maybe they're listening. Maybe they're listening out there. So, GameStop has suspended their PowerPass used game rental service uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Pretty quickly. So, remember remember what that PowerPass used game serv- uh, rental service was, where you paid 60 bucks For six months. For six months, which means you could constantly be renting a used game for as long as you want, and then you can return it, and then at the end of the six months, you can get a used game and keep it. And I guess So, basically, you're paying 60 bucks for a used game. Yep. That's really what you're doing. Yep. 
Right? You but just, but you, you get it after six months. You just get a long time to decide. But you can, you, you get to, yes, yeah. you can decide, and then, okay, <laughs> this is a game I want right. afterwards. So everyone wins, right? You can rent the games. Surprise at the bottom of a box of cereal. GameStop is selling with probably a 5 to $7 game for $60 in essence. But we, I brought up the fact that logistically, how could that work? Are they, are they trained? Are their systems, are their computer systems even primed for something like that? And that was the response was no. Oh, okay. Their com- so, computer systems are not ready for it. Oh, okay. and that's why it's, that that's why they revoked it. So, so, so none of their systems. They, they they determined after launch that their systems were absolutely not anywhere near equipped to handle anything of the sort. So they they dropped it, and anyone who signed up for it like in that first week got a refund and like a free game or some shit like that. Um, so, uh, so they, they said to uh, we have elected to temporarily pause the rollout of the new PowerPass subscription service based on a few program limitations we have identified. <laughs> we feel this is the right thing to do now to ensure we are able to provide our guests with an exceptional, exceptional service. Exceptional service. So this, uh, so Kotaku, uh, uh, Jason Schreier again, he's reporting on it, he's helping it. Um, it wasn't it said it wasn't clear why GameStop was freezing it, but employees have speculated to Kotaku uh, that their antiquated computers weren't equipped to handle it. The last time you went into a GameStop, how old do you think those computers were? Oh, I, I, let's not let's not do this for comedy. I'm not. Do you think early two thousands, mid two thousands, or nineties? Like, how old do you think those computers actually are? To be honest, two thousand and five. Do you think they're they're a little over ten years old? I th- I I think that was the first. Uh, whenever they made the first upgrade from tube monitors to flat screens, you I think, think that's what it I was? think that's the last time they upgraded. I think that was that the mid two thousands when LCDs came yeah. down in price a little bit. Yeah, so two thousand five under two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, for the nice little fourteen inch whatever they're using there. Let's go with that. Do you think every GameStop even has an LCD monitor? I'm going to guess that somewhere out there there is a GameStop with a CRT monitor. They're still, they're still rocking that fifteen inch CRT, <laughs> probably that Super VGA monitor. Out there, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They test uh, they test 4K systems on it. To be honest, I mean, they did soft launch it. That's the whole reason you do a soft launch to work out the, yes. the bugs, which they kind of never did with the retro thing, but that made money. And but now that's just rolling along like a tumbleweed. <laughs> it's, it's rolling like lip biscuit. It's just going. Oh, oh no, no, not no, not in my house. Not in 2017. <laughs> no, no, no. Everyone, Taker used that song. You're upsetting the cat. <laughs> so GameStop said, for those guests who have already purchased the service, we will allow them to bring the pass and video game they've checked out back to receive a full refund. In addition, we will allow them to pick up any pre-owned game for free. All right, so they're making it right. Yeah. We don't know how many they they launch us out to. Uh, who knows how many stores. Well, that's 10, pretty 20. good. You, you, you get your money back, and if, you're, if you, you play a, it right, you can get a $55 game. Because, you know, some it, of their used games are $55. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, you know, they got to keep that above what the new ones are sometimes, because that's how it works out. I don't know. I, I, don't worry about it. I mean, I couldn't say we couldn't see this coming, but come on. We could. Uh, I, I'm going to say some of these stores never upgraded and are still working on, like, you know, Gateway 2000s from 97. I'm going to say that at this point. The cow is still, you know, on the cow stickers. The cow will never die. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Ian, we, this is something that we, we meant to each other uh, and then talking to certain people out there that we know and, and semi-love. 
Uh, this is something that's becoming hotter. A debate recently with more and more. Um, is that a cat? What was that? No, that or was a, that, that's a. That's a, that's an alley cat out there. <laughs> well, that's a new sights and sounds recording at Ian's. But um, there's been not just limited run games, but other companies starting to do uh, uh, physical releases of indie games. Uh, special batch games, or what, what's it called? Um, I have to... But before, it seemed like the ESRB wasn't really paying attention to it, what they're doing. Now, though, they're starting to come down in these companies, because now they have to get... A, a nice ERB, ERB rating to release these games. So, it, initially, <clears throat> indie games would come out digitally, and the ESRB, which is an offshoot of the uh, Entertainment Software Association, <clears throat> came together. It, it's not a government thing. It's, it's independent of that. It's to keep the government, keep the government out, out of, of, of the video yeah. games. It's, it's kind of the, the, the wall in between. It's like the Motion Picture Art Association as well with, with rating movies. Right. Um, oh, Special Reserve was the other. I am 8 but Special Reserve and Limited Run Games are basically the three main publishers we'll be talking about here. Um, they would, when a digital game came out to, I guess, kind of help out indie developers, they would rate it for free. As opposed to, I believe it was like uh, like 10000 or something like that for like a AAA game sure. to get a rating. They would rate it for free. <clears throat> and then, since it had already been rated, um, they did not need to... These these companies that... <clears throat> excuse me. Geez. These companies like IMA Pit Special Reserve and Limited Run Games, who do most of their releases through uh, online sales sure. or independent stores, they didn't need to put the ESRB rating on there. The sure. game was already rated... Um, it's online purchasing. You need a freaking credit card. You can't walk off the street and pay cash. Oh, for right. Um, exactly. Uh, and and because because only it, it's it's not required, but all companies have decided yes, it has to. You know, a physical release has to have an ESRB rating. Um, it didn't affect these companies. They could put them out with beautiful box art and all that stuff. There didn't have to be a rating on them. Um, as I believe it was Douglas or Josh from Limited Run said, um, one of the things that, and we'll get into this more later, I'm jumping ahead with the quote, but uh, didn't really matter because this stuff is almost so specialized that people who would go looking for it already know what they're buying anyways. They, sure. I mean, hell, they've it, probably played these it before. Are, these are all re-releases yeah. of games. Yeah, or, or, or the releases at the time. So you either either really know what you're getting into, or you've played it. So so this is what the, this is they said. They're going to say that uh, an ESRB rating in September, they, the board announced that there's a new tier for rating digital to physical. Any title with development budget of a million or less to be rated as a box product will, will be $3,000 instead of the standard 10000 That's still a significant chunk of change to these companies. These, these companies... Sometimes their their margin on these is not the greatest, right? So, so they're so this is a hit they're taking on games that have already been rated right. already. So this is a payoff, really. They, they have to be, yeah, exactly. They ha so where we're going here is it used to be that they could just do this, and because they weren't selling out of the normal Best Buy, GameStop storefronts, they could just sell online. There was no problem without the rating being there. Yeah. Now, with this new inst this new uh, law, and, and, and this new uh, rule instated, um, 
that is a good discount for people who were smaller studios that were already going to release it physically and were mm-hmm. planning it. But for people like Limited Run Games, Special Reserve, and I Am Bit, this is a fucking nightmare. Now all of their games have to have ratings on the box. And even though it's already been rated as a digital product, it needs to go through that certification again for $3,000 to get the ESRB rating on the box. Even though it's already been rated. There's no nice way to put it. They basically have a monopoly. Douglas Bogart, co-founder of Limited Run Games, says about the ESRB, there's no one above them. You have to follow their rules. Your business basically lives or dies by their whim, which is really scary in my opinion. So all I would say is this, is that these games uh, do end up being sold sometimes in person. Uh, game sh- shops do carry these games. If if we ever got them, I mean, we would yeah, we would carry them. So for sure. independent. If you stores, want it, if you, so if you want it highly technical <laughs> at that point, you might want to say yes. Should be like okay, we have to do this. But to, to charge three thousand dollars for each title to me is insane. Yeah, it's nuts. Especially if you can say and listen, this is the same exact freaking game. This yeah. is the same game. How about a hundred dollars? Something that it's just, it's just, here. It's the same. You have something a write off from the developer saying this is the same exact game. Sign something legally. No, get a notary. They still exist to say this is the same exact game. It's dirty fucking money. Yes, and, and but this is the only way it can it can be because uh, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are agreeing. And this is the only way you're going to be able to, to publish them. So they so everyone's buying in. There's there's something going on here. Some backroom dealing going on here. Sure. When it comes to this, uh, I'll just say that it, it's just not. It doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem right to me. No, it seems awful. And um, as I believe, once again, it is Douglas Notes, the ever-quotable Douglas. I um, can't find it. Uh, but, 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 but anyways, uh, the, the the sentiment is basically what they started out doing, these companies started out to do, was to create physical editions of these small games for people to have and what's actually happening now may actually reverse that. We may now actually start to see less physical copies of games. Because in the in the uh, case of um, Special Reserve and Ruiner, which actually I really wanted, um, they had to cancel the physical release of Ruiner um, because the $3,000 hurdle was just too much. It was too much. Um, and then it's almost like a, a bad tax plan, like one that's currently trying to be put through Congress, is that um, this actually is a net gain for the mid to larger companies because they're actually going to end up paying less if that game was budgeted. They can afford the 10000 but they're going to end up paying only 3000 on certain games. For them, it's like, hey, right for us. But for the smaller men uh, having to pay, like, whoa, that kills us that we have to pay anything versus those other companies. Yeah, I, I don't know that the benefit is really worth the, the, the destruction as a, I mean, for the industry as a whole. I think it's Really quite shitty. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe they can come to an agreement where it's a much more reasonable cost for this, a few hundred dollars. I'm not saying it has to be free, because there is time putting into this, but 3000 just seems uh, just way too much for a very small company to have to front that cost, or, or a company like Limited Run have to do on top of that in order to get it uh, released. That just seems like you're discouraging uh, these games being produced more. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's just well, that, it's that, an extra tax that shouldn't have to be there. Right. I mean, what else are you going to say? It it seemed it seemed to me like a blatant discouragement, and then that led me to wonder why. Loot crate, yeah. You know, Ian, loot crate's that monthly geek box with exclusive items and a nice T-shirt every month. You can go to lootcrate.com/pat, enter code pat to save ten percent off any 
new subscription. So, um, yeah, best surprise you know is coming, and you got they got the holidays coming up. Why not give the gift of Loot Crate? Yeah. Well, that's what I say. Give them a chance to explore Loot Crate, which is also the theme for this month. Whoa! With, uh, we got stuff from Destiny 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, and a few mystery franchises. And one lucky subscriber will win that mega crate of seriously epic proportions. You have until the 19th. At 9 p.m. Pacific, subscribe and receive the Explore box. After that cut-off cut happens, it's over. No Christmas for you. You're going to get a lump of coal in your stocking. LootCrate.com slash Pat. Enter my code, Pat, and save 10% <laughs> on any new subscription uh, today. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is pretty good. Destiny 2, why not? Let's talk about Blue Apron, Ian. Oh, all right, we're going to talk about Blue Apron. Right now, we're talking about the Blue Apron. Man, uh... Call to action, must read. Jesus Christ, <laughs> fuck. What, the, what the fuck would they do without me? Holy shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ, well, I gotta do everything. Blue apron, Ian. You like the apron that's blue, don't I, you? I do. I like I like cooking. <clears throat> so um, you get you get local ingredients sent to your place. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. Fresh <laughs> produce. Fresh produce. You got nice recipes that usually take about a half hour to prepare. Uh, things uh, <laughs> like anywhere from ramen to fancy style burgers. The sides are always good. Roasted sweet potatoes, I mean, broccoli I mean, with with yeah. with uh, made my own fries. fries. Yeah, I mean you get all sorts of good stuff. Um, you Quinoa. can you can do it uh, as um, two four person meals per week. You can do it as. Uh, Three two-person meals a week. There's a bunch of different ways you can do the plans. You can pick and choose whether you want fish, pork, seafood, vegetarian. I think there might even be a light eating option. Sure. Um, but there's uh, lots of different ways that you can set up your Blue Apron uh, calendar and menu. You can skip weeks. <clears throat> so go to blueapron.com slash podcast, and you'll get 30 bucks off your first order with free shipping. That's not bad. You'll love how good it feels, tastes, to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. It's blueapron.com slash see your podcast. It's a better way to cook. You have upcoming meals like crispy wild Alaskan pollock and garlic mashed potatoes, roasted broccoli and tartar sauce, cheesy broccoli baked, baked pasta with crispy thyme breadcrumbs, seared steaks and garlic butter ooh, with oven fries and romaine salad. That sounds mm. good. Roasted chicken and fall vegetables with cranberry and ginger. How do you pronounce that? Compote? Compote. Compote. Okay. It sounds better than how it reads. Yeah. <laughs> it's the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country, Blue Apron. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. It brings households together. Go to blueapron.com slash CU podcast. Save 30 bucks off your first order with free shipping. Thanks for being a sponsor, fellows. All right. So uh, there's been a Twitch streamer. Twitcher? A Twitcher. A Twitcher? A Twitcher sounds so good, does it? Mm, sounds, like something, Twitcher. sounds like something in Southern California. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, after a big gaming streamer suspension, Twitch community demands answers. Streamers and viewers want more transparency from the platform. This is from Polygon. So what happened here? You had uh, someone named Trainrex, a streamer on Twitch, um, who, who was known for doing a bunch of stuff, including World of Warcraft, recently received a five-day suspension following a hateful rant against a community of female streamers on the platform. I swear to God I know that guy. Uh, well, you met him? 
That he looks familiar. He looks familiar. He called out a group of female streamers whom he feels have taken over Twitch, referring to them with pejoratives, I like that word, like sluts, and accusing them of stealing other streamers' subscribers. We can get into how that's a weird statement, that they're stealing other yeah. streamers' subscribers. So, uh, a Twitch representative told Polygon the company doesn't comment on terms of service violations when asked for more details on the terms of Trainwreck's suspension. Uh, Trainwreck later went on Twitter where he apologized for his rant against women, calling his actions inexcusable. He said, I'd like to apologize to all those who, that were negatively affected by my actions. In no way was this content meant to demean, bash, or hate on the entirety of the female community. There are amazing female streamers that provide great content. It was not my intention to discredit them all in any way, and I understand that this content did exactly that. I am embarrassed. All that being said, I want to reiterate that none of this justifies or excuses my behavior and actions. I take full responsibility, and I want to apologize to Twitch, Twitch staff, and most of all, those I have offended, including the entire community. Um, after his apology, Trainrex retweeted multiple people calling out bikini streamers. All right. So it seems like this is still an ongoing battle. Um, and it's conversation. I've even brought this up before because this is a thing on Twitter. So it gets to a larger conversation though, about what qualifies or merits a suspension on tw- on on Twitch. How can they come down on you for like? Wh- what are the guidelines? Is it something like this where you seem like you're going out of your way to offend the group? Is there a, a line where free sp- speech gets breached on Twitch? I guess what are the terms of service and how do we how do how does the community know when it's being breached by someone? Like like what what's the rule? Like the only rule I know about is that there's no nudity, right? Um, you you can't. You can't. I mean, hell, they they suspended one. Um, if you want to call her a bikini streamer, someone that took money to start dancing and, and jiggling around, she got banned from Twitch for doing that. So that's the, so the overtly sexual stuff is supposedly persona non grata. You do that, you're done on Twitch. They don't want to be seen seen as a you know a soft core webcam site. Ca- sure. site. And that's what probably this guy was speaking out against. Maybe went a little bit too far potentially. But that's the whole point: is that how do you know when you're going too far? And what's Twitch's responsibility to communicate what the guidelines are uh, for that? You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, if I could find exactly what he said, I feel like <clears throat> it's quite plain that he deserved the suspension. Um, but, yes, Twitch does need to lay out a, 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 a set of ground rules. I would think going off on streamers calling them sluts, telling them to put the pussy on the floor, and things like that, would be breaking that's a number a, of... That's a strange quote, by the way. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what that even means. Sit, I don't know. Sit down? I, I have no idea what the fuck it means. Um, it, it's, it, it sounds to me like toxic gamer rage. I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's ridiculous. I think there needs to be, obviously, then they need to create some sort of code of conduct that they can allow or not allow. Sure. Um, I mean, offensive ranting? I, I mean... it's a lot of rants that go on online. I guess the point is, where is the line crossed? Is that a five-day suspension? Is that a one-day suspension? Um, you know, are they... And, and if there's punishment happening, is it being done... Judiciously, is it being done uh, evenly across across the board? Is there an appeals process? I, I guess we are now at that point where we have to start asking ourselves these questions, because to a lot of these people, this is how they make their money. You know, it's the same thing with YouTube. We have YouTubers that 
that's their income. So if they're f- tossed aside, it's a big deal. You know, if their if their stuff can't be monetized or they get suspended, whatever. Same thing with Twitch now. This is how some people make their money. So I don't know. It, it, it's tough. I mean, this guy appears to be a large piece of shit, but leaving him out of the equation... <laughs> he appears it, to be. That's his professional opinion on my, my, He my, appears my, to be a piece of shit. You know, sewage pump heart and all that. Things. Oh, yeah. please don't have another hour video be made of us. That'd be bad. Did you ever know that I, <laughs> that I might use hyperbole sometimes? Maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> there was a video made about us? Um, that's weird. <laughs> I wonder why anyone would waste time doing that. Someone's obsessed with us. Um, but yeah, obviously Twitch needs to lay out some ground rules here. So if people want to be uh, shocking when they talk, or they want to be the shock jocks of Twitch, or if they want to fill a niche or a role, or if you want to go to them for their um, fucking, you know, uh, you know, fucking fantastic thoughts on women, um, at least they then know what and how they can say this shit, I guess. I'll I'll just say this that he just had some bad logic about uh, female streamers are not. Oh, his uh, logic not, is awful. Are not stealing other streamer subscribers because if if they want to, let's put it this way. And I've seen screenshots of like there's there's okay, you have streamers that happen to be women, and then you have what he's probably calling out the group that are barely playing games and just showing up in you know low cut tops or bikinis. Those people are probably never going to watch your video, your your streams. They they those are probably preteens and teens that aren't maybe old enough yet, or maybe find it more enjoyable just to watch these women that they that are attracted to have a crush on and giving them tips. You you they're never coming over to your side. They're they're looking at Twitch maybe in an entirely different way versus actually enjoying you know your personality. They're don't worry about them. They're doing their own thing. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. They're never they're not going to come over to your side. Yeah, it's it's not, not it's not a mix to to them. That's their version of a, of a, an adult cam model, basically. That's why they're maybe getting off watching someone and trying to get in the tip to do jumping jacks. You know, I mean, that's that's what they're attracted to. Let them do that. And you know, and, 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 you know uh, I'm not saying that's even right though. But I'm saying they're never they're lost to you. They're not stolen. They're not, they're never going to watch you, buddy. That's not. They're just not. Yeah, and, and I mean Johnny, you know. Johnny guy who watches him for his his profound insights on women and uh, you know shooting stuff um, is not gonna go watch you know a, Johnny Twitch watcher Johnny Twitch watcher you know isn't gonna go you know leave this guy and like you said go watch a casual Super Mario Brothers stream where a girl's not you know wearing a whole lot yeah you're not you're not losing Twitch streamers. If you're losing Twitch streamers to that, if you're losing Twitch, if you're losing Twitch streamers, the only reason you're losing Twitch streamers is because your content fucking sucks, and it's going to other like streamers like you, not not a completely different fucking fan base. And Twitch is week by week, even it seems like it's very fickle. The audience fan base is how they they like someone one week they don't longer play, they're not playing a game that they want them to play, and they leave. It's very volatile. It's scary to me. Oh, he uh, called it just satire, apparently. I love that satire. Just satire, everybody. Satire. <laughs> Let's give it up for satire. Woo! No one knows what the fuck God. that word actually means. Man, satire's been landing at all the big parties lately. Satire's looking good on the red carpet at all the big events this year. Fucking... YouTubers, YouTubers can just say, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good s- satirists out there yeah. on YouTube Oh, yeah, well. a lot of them. 
Yo, what are you wearing this year to the red carpet satire? Yeah, that's what everyone else seems to be wearing this year. It's a big year for satire. 2016, 2017, a couple of good years for satire. Uh, in the update, update, a Twitter representative told Polygon that changes <laughs> are being made to the non-endemic sections of the guidelines, which will remove the non-gaming portion. The update is currently being worked on. Yeah, because you can do non-gaming stuff on Twitch now. So it's almost becoming just a new platform like how Ustream used to be where you can just stream whatever you want. So yeah. it's going to become where people, will, you go on Twitch and just follow someone around because they have the eating portions of Twitch. You know, they're going to have the Hangout at, at Luna with Ian Twitch Mm-mm. stream. Mm-mm. Wait a minute, that could be fun. No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that could be fun. All right, uh, Ian. Sir. If there's one thing that that's true about us is that we are DC haters. We know that. Oh yeah, we hate DC so much. Even though I liked Wonder Woman, and loved it. I like I like the, the the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, but we're DC haters. We know that. We're we're being paid by Disney. Boy, I can't just you know pick any DC books off my shelf over there. No, no, it's not. It's fake news. There's fake news. no DC on that shelf. But it, it, but you know, besides just being on Disney's payroll, it seems like everyone else is as well because. Uh, the reviews came out for Justice League, and uh, wasn't wasn't the best reviews better than Batman v Superman? Ninety four million opening weekend. Ninety four million opening weekend on a three hundred million budget. That probably wasn't the best. Forty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so again, better than Batman v Superman in terms of percentage of bad bad reviews versus good. Remember, guys, Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregator. Yes. They don't review the movies themselves. The percentage is not, this is a 4 out of 10. That's the percentage of positive reviews. So if you took 10 critics across the U.S., 4 out of 10 thought it was good. More than not, thought it was bad. That's not good for your huge blockbuster that was 3 to 4 years in the making. 3 years in the making. Um, that, yeah. Because yeah. Banana Steel came out in 2013, 4 years. And immediately afterwards, they said, oh, we got to do an Avengers thing. We got to build to that. And everyone said, wait, whoa, let's... let's, let's Pump the brakes there, buddy. Let's let's establish a universe first. They didn't quite get there. This is the result. So the critics' consensus of Justice League was leaps over a number of DC movies, but its single bound isn't enough to shed the murky aesthetic, thin characters, and chaotic action that continues that continue to dog the franchise. So there wasn't good word of mouth, but it wasn't as bad as Batman v Superman. And, of course, they had another uh, review embargo, which is always a good sign for a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yes, it ended up making $96 million, which, on the surface, you say, that isn't... That's not bad for a movie until you look at all the other DC movies that have come out. And this is the fifth in the DC universe has come out. Man of Steel, Su- Batman and Superman, uh, Suicide Squad, yeah. Wonder Woman. Okay. This one. <laughs> This I'm just so disinterested. I'm like, I keep forgetting one, and it's always like, it's always Suicide Squad. I'm like, oh yeah, that chunk of horseshit got put out there. This is the point. This has done the worst out of the five movies for its opening. How is that possible, Ian? Justice League, their Avengers did the worst opening out of all of them. Worse than Wonder Woman. Worse than Batman v Superman. Worse than fucking Suicide Squad. I, I can tell you. I, I, I can tell you. I think people aren't buying into the universe. Well, th- that. But I think, I think moviegoers were smart enough to see that Wonder Woman was something trying to be a little. It was a. It was a period movie. You know, it was it was World War One. 
So it was in the past. It wasn't going to get all fucky and funky. Good trailers. Good trailers. Some color in the movie. Yep. Wasn't going to get, you know... Um, we hadn't seen Wonder Woman before. We hadn't seen Wonder Except Woman before. Wonder so I think... I think people were willing to give that one a go. And I think they were happy with it. But I think savvy enough moviegoers... I don't think you have to be that savvy to see this. Looked at this one, eliminated Wonder Woman, and goes, Well, I was disappointed by Man of Steel. I was disappointed by Batman vs. Superman. I was disappointed by Suicide Squad. And this looks like lo- those Suicide movies. Suicide Squad. Yeah. And this looks like those movies, so I'm, I'm not going to go see it. I mean, that's all I can think. is If, if you eliminate the, the one standout film, which is uh, you know Wonder Woman, uh, I think people have just learned that they're done being disappointed. I saw a great tweet, so I can't take credit for this, but it is common sense. Wasn't Batman v Superman kind of a Justice League movie? You had Wonder Woman show up for a good chunk. Like the last hour is the three of them fighting. They mentioned uh, Cyborg Man. Cyborg. And Aquaman is mentioned there. And Flash. So, like, it's it's a half Justice League movie. And that was shit. It was right. shit, people. So why do we want to see a full so, Justice The people movie. that saw that and thought it was shit... Didn't come back for this movie. Yeah, this is basically Justice League Two: Dark Territory. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't need a. They didn't need a second help. Justice League Two: Electric Boogaloo. Thank you. I will not have more of your mashed potatoes with no butter or salt. Yeah, right. I mean, they just no. But but isn't that part of the problem? Yes. They rushed to it. Like we warned them about it. We're not. We're not. We're not geniuses. But we saw like, whoa, this is a bad idea to rush to this. Because even some of the reviews said that you're thrown into, like, I didn't see this movie. I actually want to see this movie. Because I'm actually more interested in seeing how this jumbled... This I will see when it is convenient and most cheap for me to do so. (laughs) When it shows up at the the bargain bin uh, theater? No, I mean, just because I I do want to see if I can spot where all the... you can. I, I just want yeah. According to people uh, like Andre Butner Comedy says, like you can totally see the tonal shift happen in the movie, where it's like, oh, this is. And you can just you can say, oh, that's a Joss Whedon joke they put in that they didn't need here or there. Like, right. okay, you actually didn't need the joke there, and now you went too far to recorrect it. You know, because now you're putting two directors with a totally different style into one movie and trying to come out with something to appease everyone. Yeah. Well, like he said you can see the the fingerprints of of, of Warner Brothers all over this to try to course corrected Superman supposedly like Superman in this movie not just a dour like like just a grumbly character in this and yes you have more jokes you have Batman being jokey Flash is always kind of jokey it's gonna be like a peanut butter and thumbtack sandwich it's you, you gonna got, be tough you got the bro jokes with Aquaman you have one man you have fucking bullshit that shit is bullshit fucking awful my buddy Adam and I yeah I'm name checking you Adam Gazowski my good buddy uh, I've just been laughing about that forever we're like who goes to see the movie after that mom man like, you just don't like. It's just so bad. I, hear, I, I, I gotta see because I hear like half of it is like uh, you know the bromance rivalry between Batman and, and Aquaman. And, and, and you have like then you have Wonder Woman. Rolling around, I was like, oh man, like for it's it just sounds like seriously that's where you're going with this. You know, it's like oh I gotta take care of you men now. Uh, like you know that whole cliche. So. <laughs> That, that, that was was that that wasn't in the second that was in the Snyder teaser not in the Josh Whedon trailer. <laughs> I don't even remember. Mom man, <laughs> that is pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> is that? But, is that is, 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 
and he drives off on his fucking motorcycle to do a fucking triple split flip wheelie off a cliff and land on the Enterprise. That was a good Star Trek movie. That treason was awful. Yeah, well, I felt so bad. That was a great movie. Um, movies just blew up. <laughs> Did they feel they had to do like an overly over the top masculine uh, Aquaman to get people to like the character? You think that was part of it? Yeah, was like, I think so, probably. It was part of it. And plus, women kind of like Jason Momoa, known as a pretty hot... Momoa! Momoa! Momoa, Momoa! Alright, let's just move okay. on. No, we're not moving on. We're talking about this. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah! Yeah! yeah. yeah. That's the <laughs> Okay. Alright. <laughs> but seriously... One of the things that I saw in a review that was written was like, they toss you in and there's some Aquaman action going on with with the, the redhead that looks like a pretty sensual looking mermaid type creature. And it's, it sounds like if you haven't read the comics, you'd know what the hell was going on. Oh, that's, uh, what's her fucking name? Uh, they, 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 they drop you into these scenarios I in the movie. Her. And it's, it's only two hours long in the movie, which this is actually need a longer one. Because um, Batman and Superman was like almost three hours. I don't, you don't like DC, Ian. Um, and then you don't know what's going on. So they actually needed more time for this movie. It would have demanded more time. They cut stuff out, probably. There's already a petition for a Snyder director's cut, which actually sounds like it actually might be needed for a movie like this. And it just it just sounds like it was more the same. You've seen it already, and that's it. So where do they go from here, Ian? Please pay attention. Uh, I don't know. That's... <laughs> where do you go from here? Um... Because if this... Again, for this movie to do well, it's going to have to make a, at least to break even. And I think they're tired of breaking even on these movies. It has to make like six to seven hundred million. Actually, more than that because of the advertising budget. This has to make like nine hundred million dollars worldwide. It probably won't come close to that if it opens with ninety-six million. Thor with short hair with a wacky Jeff Goldblum opened with a hundred and twenty-two million. Thor three. That's a nutty, whacked-out movie, and it's a good movie. Did a hell of a lot better than a Justice League movie. Did you ever think you would see that? Ten years ago, if someone said, Thor 3, with a short-haired Thor, which is a, a, half a comedy, did a fuckload better than Justice League did as a movie. That's insane. My man, I would not have thought that. I would, <laughs> I would have called you insane. <laughs> so what do they do? Do they do... They do I, I'm going to say this. Hot take... No more team-up movies are happening in the DC Universe. Mine is shitty Suicide Squad, where no one gives a shit about those characters. It's a Suicide Squad. You ain't going to see Justice League 2. Not happening. No. You're just going to see safer <laughs> movies like Wonder Woman 2, a standalone Batman movie. If we ever decide who the fuck's going to be Batman. Because yeah. um, right now it looks like it might be Jake Gyllenhaal. Because they, they canceled Cyborg Man, the movie. Uh, Flash, I guess they're going to already try to do it as a soft reboot because they're going to do the Flashpoint storyline. Like Flash in the pan. But the whole point is that they're already saying, well, Affleck's out. He's out. So you but got sometimes not. But you got three full movies with him and uh, whatever, a cameo in the awful Suicide Squad. And I did see it, Suicide Squad. And I saw the last hour of Batman v Superman. Martha! Yeah, I saw it. And it wasn't the worst thing ever. It was just the most forgettable CG hour of fighting you've ever seen. That's all it was, you know? Yeah. So, do you think there'll be another Justice League, or they're going to say, no, fuck it, we're done? I think... I, we're done with these big event movies, they're not working. The The problem is... Am I allowed to say this? 
I almost, almost feel bad because after Wonder Woman, I, I got the impression that some of these actors maybe got a little like, hey, maybe something good's going to happen. But this movie was already, well, already filmed a but, chunk of But it, this yeah. film was already in trouble. Yeah. Too much trouble to be saved. Whedon came in, couldn't save it. So what I think they wanted to try to save was... They, I think they wanted to save it enough to follow up Wonder Woman and have it be decent, but it was unsalvageable. And by being unsalvageable, I think it's really kind of destroyed the whole universe network. I think we will get a Wonder Woman 2. The Batman movie, the Aquaman movie is already in the can. Cheaper movies to do. Uh, we'll get the single movies. If we are Flash. ever going to see an ensemble again, it will be years down the road when they have a stable fucking cast and crew. And I do mean, I mean both. I mean, I mean, you can't have this Ben Affleck shit being like, oh, sometimes I want to be Batman, but no, yeah, today I'm sad direct, about it. I was going to direct and write it. Now I'm not. Now I don't know. What's going on. I want to be in it right before Comic Con. That's a that's good news. I'm I'm tired and sad. And yeah. you know, you need to have for something for this to work, you need to have a cohesive group of actors and actresses. For what, what do they sign Affleck up for? Like three movies, four movies, and that's it. Yeah, you got to have them. Like Marvel did in the long haul, if you want the universe to work, um, and then secondly, you you can't, we can't have any more of this. This, I, I mean, I under I understand the reasoning why Snyder had to step down, but I I can't help but feel like this would probably have been a worse movie to me, but maybe a better movie to some people had it. You, you can't have this clashing of directors. The saving grace is that this did this did pretty well overseas. But yeah. a hell of a lot worse than Batman v Superman did. So Batman v Superman is that like one eighty five total, so including it, overseas, right? Batman it did one eight it did one eighty five opening uh, overseas in sixty five markets, one eighty five. Batman v Superman or Justice League one did two fifty four. All right, all right. So that's a that's a huge drop off. Of Pat Math, if I can actually calculate out what that difference is uh, here. What is 254 minus 185? 69 divided by 254. That's a 27% less, if my math is right. That's a huge drop off. So this is going to make less than Batman Superman for sure. It probably will either break even or lose money. And then I think that's the last big fucking movie you're going to see from DC. Because they, they just have not proven that they can do it. Yeah, Suicide Squad did make some money. Batman Superman probably made about three cents, or made some money maybe after after uh, licensing out everything. Yeah, scrape that, scrape the money off of the off the table there. But you cannot keep pumping out three hundred three hundred million dollar movies with a huge marketing budget on top of that, and then have this happen. You just can't do it. No. So, um, <clears throat> I saw a uh, pretty good movie poster that someone did a mock up, and it was. Uh, they used some of the logos from Justice League, okay. but it just said uh, "sunken costs fallacy," <laughs> and it was it was pretty good. Like that's I mean what they're buying into, and it, it's not going to work anymore. You can't just keep throwing money into this universe and expect it to magically work. This was, I think, their one shot and last shot at salvaging the original idea, and that was they had to follow Wonder Woman up with an at least passable Justice League. And whatever fan reviews say, 
financially, it's not going to it's not going to do that. So we know that Aquaman's in production. Wonder Woman two will probably be made because the first one did extremely well. I thought Aquaman two was already done. Uh, it's, it's it's in production either way. Oh, I okay. think they're they're filming it or maybe it's done production. Um, you'll probably get a Batman film. Those are pretty probably surefire hits if you keep the budget down. You're going to see a Batman. Movie. The Batman. It's called Shazam Two's in production with the. Uh, not just that. There's going to be a Black Adam movie. Like the Rock is going to star in a villain Shazam movie. Right. Is that going to actually come out? No. No. They're going to cancel that. But they'll probably throw him back into Shazam though, because Shazam to me is like the the Ant Man. Of the DC universe at this point, where like it would have been a risk to put Ant Man out unless every other movie did well before that, so that it wasn't a risk anymore. Right? No one's going to see Shazam now. No. If they can't, if you're not going to go see a Justice League movie, you're not going to see Shazam. The the, 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 the casual person knows who the fuck Cap, the original Captain Marvel is. Now Shazam. No one. They don't know that. Nope. They don't know that it's a, it's an 80 year old character that got sued by DC. It was basically the first Superman clone. You get into that. So maybe Suicide Squad too, since that made a little bit of money. You're not, you're not going to see Cyborg Man. You might not see hell. You might not see a Flash movie. It's Who just knows? called Cyborg, Pat. I know. The whole point was it sounded like he was Mister Exposition in the movie. He was a guy just talking about the plot. By the way, the other funny thing I saw about about this review is it seems like in the in this Justice League universe only the Justice League exists, and then the monsters, and then there's no people around. Like it just seems like there's like empty rooms that they talk in. And so there was, there was uh, I guess, an early, uh, there was an early scene where Batman is chasing a parademon, and then there's a random person that helps drive the plot forward that says, oh, is that, like, a, a, an alien scout out to get us? It, just, it sounds like the worst writing ever, where Batman has to, like, go through the exposition with a, a, a literally a random person that knows just as much as Batman about the situation, that somehow knows what's going on. Sounds like the worst fucking script I've ever like. When I re- when I read that, I was like, "This is this sounds ridiculous," uh, on its face. You know, it's just uh, anyway. We're DC haters, so let's move on. He's <laughs> so disappointed. No, no, my man, no. <sighs> All right, something that I'm not shocked is happening. It's been kind of rumored about before, um, and that is. Uh, the possibility of an animated Super Mario Brothers movie. So, Nintendo plans to return to movies. Wall Street Journal sources uh, said a deal for an animated Super Mario Brothers movie uh, is coming from Illumination Entertainment, the Universal Studio, uh, behind the Despicable Me series, which is a huge series of movies, which are three of them. Uh, I think or, it was like four or five. Uh, the exact terms aren't clear, but <laughs> it would theoretically allow multiple movies. Ooh, they're going to have the Mario, Mario movie verse. Uh, <laughs> I would fucking Nintendo. Nintendo is trying to maintain create maintain creative involvement. Uh, Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto is expected to be a producer. All right, that's all great news. That is good because they didn't give a shit about that live action movie. They just help oh, you want you want to make a movie here. Give us money here. Here's the right. Just do it. Do what you want. So obviously there's Universal theme parks coming. So this makes absolute sense. It's synergy even. In synergy uh, barf. for this to happen, you know, no, you know, it's synergy me shitting out of my pants and the, throwing up at the same time. So the thing about and the thing about these animated movies though is that production time, the lead time on these is, is usually a couple years at least. Yes, uh, because you have to get the voice actors on board, 
get the animation going. Record. I mean, it's not as easy. It's, in terms of timing, it's a lot easier to do a traditional movie than animated. At least that's as far as I know. Uh, no, even for like a Pixar movie. By the way, Incredibles 2 teasers is, is coming for, for, from Pixar. Yeah, The Incredibles. Always forgotten about one of the best superhero movies ever. Anyway. I really like the, the, the original Incredibles. I don't know that it's, I'm... It's incredible, that movie. It's, it's a good movie. Those, those it's, sirens it's, are coming for it's you. It's the best Fantastic Four movie we've got, The Incredibles. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, so, at this point, there's not a lot more to talk about other than this makes perfect sense. It's almost a no-brainer. It, it's, the, it's the Mickey Mouse of the video game world. You have theme parks coming out. The Switch is doing gangbusters. Mario Odyssey will probably win Game of the Year if, if Breath of the Wild doesn't win Game of the Year. So, I mean, I think, why not do it? I think Mario Odyssey is fresher on everyone's minds. Had both games come out at the same time, I think you'd see a bigger debate. But I think Odyssey wins Game of the I Year. Think Mod- Odyssey, I think Odyssey is going to get it. Just because I think it's also... It's a cheerful motherfucker of a game. In a time where we need stuff like that. And there's something to be said for a game that that's a hell of a lot more accessible than Breath of the Wild is to a- like anyone. Yeah. And it's it's hard to me to have a pick-up-and-play game that's like a like a near-perfect or perfect game yep. versus one that's so specialized. That's a whole other philosophical conversation. You can make an argument either way, and I wouldn't complain either way. But sure. Odyssey's going to take it. It's going to sell uh, a bajillion Switches for, for Nintendo. And, you know, I think that's part of it. A billion uh, switches for everyone. billion. Anyway. <clears throat> oh, do you have Switch supplies at Luna? The, you getting the Switch in? The console? Uh, Probably not new ones, no. But, I mean, they're well-stocked everywhere. Actually, we might for uh for so, second week of December. We usually do get some bundles in. You getting Super Nintendo classes? Am I advertising for you now? Are you getting Super Nintendo's? Because they're restocked everywhere, too. No. It's still hard to get those. They don't care no, about the No, we just shops. don't care about that stuff. They don't stock them? Um, they don't, and it, I mean, honestly, we don't try. Oh, okay. Anymore. Um, just because it's a pain in the ass. We warranty hardware for ninety days. If I can't fucking get another one to, oh sure, I see what you're saying. Re, re it, it's tough for someone us. can fuck up flashing it, and then they want to return it. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then I get into an argument, and then I can't fucking get a replacement one, and all that sort of horseshit. Sure. Plus, on top of the fact that we'd probably make five dollars a piece off of them. <clears throat> probably the margin would be more because they. they Bumped it to eighty, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it depends. Here. But yeah, it, 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 I don't think it's worth the hassle. It's, you, you, it's not worth it to be have a loss leader in your store like that. No, we're getting off topic. Though. We're, no. getting, we're getting off topic. Yeah, we're off topic. Do you, do you see the other animated universe? You see a Zelda movie coming? No, um, I, I don't. I think a Mario movie fits because it's just so bright and cartoony and ki- more kitty than even Zelda is. Yes, um, I know lots of people want a Zelda movie. I don't think I ever want to see a Zelda movie. I don't know that I ever really want to see a Mario movie. Do you want to I... see Mario talk with that voice versus Captain Lou? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I want to do what? someone do. It's me. Um, I don't think I don't think two hours in this voice is going to be that good. I don't know. Uh, really, no one beats Norm when it comes to Luigi and Mario voices. He's he's good at them. Uh, yeah. No, I think this is actually probably a good fit. I don't really need to see Zelda in a, in a movie form. We can see. I mean... You, you, you build that multiverse until you get that Smash Brothers movie in 2026 that underperforms, and they do away with it. My man Bowser! Yeah. <laughs> My Bowser! Now Donkey, Donkey Kong looks knowingly over at, at Bowser, gives him a thumbs up. My man! His master hand goes flying off screen. <laughs> 
Oh, that's going to be our new t-shirt. All right. All right we... <laughs> Kill me. We're moving on. All right, Ian, we love That's It. We do love That's It. That's It Bites. They started with That's It fruit bars, veggie bars. We've talked about it forever. It's almost a cult of That's It at this point. Yep. I was actually in the airport. I had a layover at Detroit, and they had That's It Bites and That's It Veggie Bars. Or maybe fruit bars too. They had them at a little at a store in. in oh, in really? Yeah. Nice. It's getting out there. I didn't ask how much. Got my own, but that's okay. If you, you want these delicious, that's it bites. They got. They're basically fruit truffles. So this one in my hand is apple and blueberries with dark chocolate. You don't agree? This has apples and blueberries and dark chocolate. There's no additives Chewy. here. Delicious. There's no preservatives. Non-GMO. Gluten-free. Vegan even. No soy. Some people out there don't like soy. No soy. Low fat. So there's five of these, but they're large fruit truffles. It's filling. It's actually a fruit serving and chocolate. Yeah, I mean, there's this, isn't a, this isn't a fruit pie. That, that's not a fruit real fruit <laughs> serving. This is real fruit in here. No, those are good. And honestly, five of them, that's a snack to me. They and it's fill filling. me up. And it's only 150 calories in here. So there you go. You get a nice, sensible. And I'll tell you what. After I eat five of these for dessert, I'm actually pretty good. Because you know why? There's like a whole freaking apple in this package yeah. that's mashed in here. So eating an apple, you're pretty full. Good fiber, too. Good fiber. Keeps the plumbing working, too. Yep, keeps the plumbing working. <laughs> go to thatsitfruit.com. Enter code CU podcast. You can save 10% off any order today. Um, yeah, that, that's about it. Uh, you know, 150 calories. The indulgent, guilt-free trip. Every age, diet, and lifestyle. Big flavor. Paleo friendly, non GMO, no preservatives, low fr- low low fat, low fat, gluten free, no soy. It goes perfect to wine. It's a good snack. I keep one in the car. You keep one probably in your pocket all the time. I have them in my bags at all times. And uh, midday snack. Yeah, I've eaten a snack sometimes. Yeah, I don't feel guilt eating this. That's uh, it. Fruit. I, I do feel guilty. Uh, I have made entire days meals out of that chip. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's it, bars for the whole day. Uh, let's have a couple in the morning. I'm running late. Okay, let's take a couple for lunch and at home. But you, don't feel, but you don't feel worn down probably after that. No, I don't. Not, so again, not enough caloric intake, but I feel okay. <laughs> was he like seven of them? Yeah. That's it, fruit.com. Use code CU podcast when checking out to save 10% off your order. Ian, why don't you watch that Rampage trailer? All right, I got to watch this fucking shit. <laughs> I'll rewatch it. Okay, and we just watched we watched the trailer for Rampage coming out uh, April twentieth, two thousand eighteen. See it in real D, three D, and IMAX. I don't know what the hell real D is. What do you think, Ian, about Rampage, the video game, the movie coming out? What do you, What do you think about that? Um, I mean, it's monsters fighting each other, which is about the best route they could have taken with it I think it's the only route you can take a Rampage movie yeah but they, I've seen a lot of shitty takes on video game movies sure so so okay so in the trailer George the 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 albino looking gorilla I get he's silverback more, more silverback it was, it was white white um, he's in the, in the lore of Rampage, it's the human scientists that turn into the monsters. Yes. In this, there was, a, I guess, some sort of weird contaminant, some government contaminant that got on a, a regular gorilla and just made him bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm already pissed about that change. No. I don't care about that. I mean, come on. That's probably the best Fine. way to go. Then you have, have The Rock as a protagonist, who, by the way, is now officially the same character in every movie. movie. Yeah. It's the same director of San Andreas. In San Andreas, 
He knew how to fly a helicopter, I think. He flies a helicopter here, too. Okay? I think he's wearing the same clothing. Probably. Short, tight shirts. Yeah. I think he Can't probably be. flew a helicopter in, in G.I. Joe 2 as well. <laughs> so officially, The Rock is the same character in all these movies. Um, Every ha- action, man. You have Naomi Harris in this, who has been uh, what Pirates of the Caribbean. She's been the new Money Penny in the James Bond movies. She's a good actor for what I see. She's been in a lot of stuff. She was in Moonlight. I'm looking at a lot of stuff she's been in. A lot of stuff. She's showing up everywhere. That's fine. Okay. I'll just go out and say this. I understand we need our action stars. Totally get that. I understand we need our sex appeal for both uh, the ladies who get in the theater and the men. You know, you can say Rock's probably an attractive, one of the most attractive men out there. Yeah. He's in great shape, probably better shape than ever been in his life, and he's like his mid-40s. Eats a lot of cod. There is... You're stretching the realism a little bit. When the character of Davis Okoye is a ripped helicopter piloting uh, ape expert. <laughs> At some time, you got to take a break. <laughs> you have time to, to get your PhD in primate studies and fly a helicopter. And by the way, you're fucking ripped as well. <laughs> Something's got to give at some point. <laughs> Unless you're just the biggest renaissance man in the world. <laughs> Am I right or not? Right, is, if, right. I mean, come on. You're right. Can we, can we have to be part of a, of a team where, like, you have a smart Jeff Goldblum-type character, and by the way, you happen to have hunky, sexy, ripped rock who's part of a mercenary crew? Like, I'm just saying, some realism. Jeffrey D. Morgan is back playing now, Negan now, in, in the role. And I love Jeffrey D. Morgan, going back yeah. to Watchmen. He was a pretty good comedian. He's been other stuff here and there. At some point, a government agent in these movies has to come across as an actual government agent, not just the biggest asshole walking the face of the earth. At some point, I'm just saying. We've seen it before. The cliche of the government agent not giving a shit about the population of people. We're the government. We know what we're doing until they don't. Don't. Which, in this case, is uh, George growing out of the cage and then rushing and escaping and then leading to Fighting a wolf. And fighting a wolf, which was in the original movie. Excuse me, movie. Original game. What was not in the original game was a giant crocodile. There was a lizard. Yes. But we can't have... We can't get sued by Godzilla. Would they sue over... Do they hold the copyright on any giant lizard creature? Is that a thing? I don't know. Because doesn't that mean that Universal could go after them for having a giant gorilla that could resemble King Kong? I don't understand how this works. I really don't. I'm honestly asking the question. I don't know. I don't know. They specifically have to say in the trailer, that's an alligator. Okay. Papers are going to get served somewhere. I'm not sure how you can tell it's an alligator under word, hunky rock Davis Okoye, but I guess you can tell that. That it's not a giant lizard and it's an alligator. You, you have that that ability because you're hunky and you're an expert on, on giant animals. You're made out of peanut butter fudge. While, while you also go to the gym two hours every day and lift and also know how to fly a helicopter. Let I don't me, know. Let me cut into you. Um, anyway. Oh. Hey. Did I just go on a, a, a rant about this movie? I, it honestly doesn't look that bad, to be honest. No, it doesn't. It, 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 it could be a lot worse, I'll be honest. It could be a lot worse. That's what I'm trying to I get mean, at. I've seen these before. San Andreas was one of those forgettable movies. By the way, it, there's all Watchmen car- uh, actors in here. Jeffrey D. Morgan's in this. Malin Ackerman, who is Silk Spectre 2 in this. Um, and then also in San Andreas, you had Silk Spectre 1. Uh, Carla Gugino was in that. I just don't know what's going on there. I'm just, I'm just commenting on that. You have half the half of the Watchmen universes are in these two movies. That's anyway, what I'm saying. Roundabout way of saying this whole thing is a fucking mess. I mean, but 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 
you load me up enough and I'll go see this. <laughs> I actually tweeted, is this stupidly awesome or awesomely stupid? I think it might be st- stupidly awesome. awesome. So it means it gets your ticket, but if it was awesomely stupid, it would not. Awesomely stupid would probably also get a ticket. <laughs> also, but I, I just don't know that I'm actually going to go see it. it. The thing is, is like this is one of those movies where it's like, well, okay, if I'm going to go see this, this probably objectively shit but perhaps fun movie... I should go see this in the theaters on the big screen because it's all about big monsters. And big muscles. And, and big, big muscles. Big chesticles. Che- yeah. Chests. And uh, just my man! <laughs> and... <laughs> we can't have Jason Momoa and The Rock in the same movie. <laughs> no, oh, no. We, no, we, no. we couldn't handle it. Men would feel inadequate forever. <laughs> we couldn't oh, do that. God. Just be a lot of chest slapping and my man! I get the, get the uh, diesel in there too and forget it. It's over. Oh, it's finished. Uh, just fucking testosterone flooding. By the way, you want to see a movie with apes? I just saw on the plane two movies. There were there weren't apes in the first one. A lot of man- manliness going on. But I just saw the Fate of the Furious, Fast and Furious Eight. Mo- I don't know how that movie is going to be forgettable for me, but I've already forgot the movie of, of Fate of the Furious, the Civil War of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. They're all unbelievable at this point in terms of what goes on. They're all superheroes. They all team up. But I saw afterwards War for the Planet of the Apes. Holy fuck, is that a good movie? Really? That was that did a, did big business last summer. Yeah, and it was critically uh, critically acclaimed. I guess the third in this trilogy. It might be the last one. Go see War for Planet of the Apes. Outstanding movie. Who directed it? Uh, I forget. I mean, I mean, outstanding movie. And that was a quote unquote summer blockbuster. That was. I'm going to search just on this tab that says it's just. <laughs> Is what? It's John Batchelor. He's not a mercenary. I know he's not, but I still oh, I hope Jax doesn't listen to this podcast. Now, Jax is not a real-life mercenary. He's just really into fitness. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what's going on there. Anything else to add to, to the uh, the Rampage trailer talk? No. No. But I could be bribed to go save us cookies. Okay. Ian eHarmony is coming on board to sponsor the podcast. All right. If you're trying online dating, chances are you run into lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and random matches that don't turn into dates. You can't get to know someone just by looking at their pictures. And some of the times, it's not even the right picture. I've, I've done my fair share of, of online dating. I know. So, all right. What, what's different about eHarmony? It's built to help you find lasting, meaningful relationships. It's not a shallow hookup site. No. They've helped over a million people find their perfect match. You've seen the commercials. Uh, they they use years and years of science data and psychological research to send you the right matches. eHarmony. It brings compatible people together. And yeah, this is not a hookup site. Anyone can hook up. Go to the bar. No, you want a real relationship. You want someone, Ian, you can cook your blue apron with. That's what you want. You're not going to find that in Tinder. Tinder, you're going to be maybe cooking up meth. But <laughs> not blue apron. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> right now you can get a free month of eHarmony. Three month free subscription with code CU Podcast. Stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps. Oh, can it but, be? But when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter my code CUPODCAST at checkout. That's what you get. You get a free month with eHarmony when you sign up for th- a three-month subscription. Again, use code CUPODCAST. And hopefully find your e-love. Do it. Find love. All right. Q&A time on the CU Podcast. 
This is at, oh my God, I can't read that. Bazooka Joe says, how deep should a new collector go into complete in box? Start out complete in box or work your way up? Thanks, Pat. I, my, my answer would be this. How long have you, have you started this collection? Is this a collection that you want to start? Did you wake up and decide, you know what? I'd like to start collecting Genesis. There's some good games on that damn system. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the system I'm going to target next. Um, I think if you're just starting out, you need to kind of think and, and, and commit, um, if you really want to go complete in box, which gets crazy, but if you want to go complete in box, you should do it from the start so that you're not just buying placeholder games in your collection that you're going to have to upgrade later. Because it's not going to be cheap. It's only going to get more expensive. It probably, at least for the complete in box ones uh, for a while, uh, um, to, to replace that copy. So you're going to be spending... You're going to be spending more total on the game, even if it's a rare game and you trade up your loose copy for a complete copy. Um, it would be rough to, um, it would be rough to, uh, I'm sorry, to play catch up like that. However, if you decide that you want to, you're fairly certain, 100% certain that you, you want to go with complete and box. Um, if you decide that you don't, it's really easy to back out of complete and box. Sell off your boxes and manuals. Yeah. Keep your games. You're done. It's way easier to step back from that complete and box bridge than it is to suddenly decide that you want your um, collection to be complete and box when you've got a hundred games, um, you know, already purchased that aren't complete and box. Frankly, it, I, I think it just depends on what you want. Um, you know, every collector is different. Uh, I've never seen the need for complete and box with cartridge games just because. Um, they take up so much damn space. But Genesis is nice because the cartridge boxes are, you know, pretty protective, so... Yeah, Genesis, to me, it's almost... You must have that. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard It's hard to store them, and there's a place for the manual. Yeah, for Genesis, I would almost make the argument that, you know, collecting boxes is, is the way to go with Genesis. Because, at least for right now, you can still do it and, and get lucky most of the time with those games. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much money you have. I that, mean, too. I mean, if you have... space. Space if you, money. If you don't have money or space, don't go near this. Um, but if you're going to do it and you have the money, you don't care about space. You, you have to buy in bulk. Go to shows. Um, sometimes the shows you do see someone that has a lot of just. I've, I've gone to shows where people have hundreds of, of, um, of folded down uh, boxes. But it, again, like Ian says it's probably worth it to skip that route, not to piece it together, and just buy them complete. On eBay, sometimes you'll be able to snag deals of complete in box games or lots. So you'll see some lots on eBay that are all complete in box games because some people either got into it or had them as a kid or are just selling them or, or collecting them and they're selling them at one time. You can sometimes, uh, you'll end up ahead buying them like that versus trying to, again, piece it together, get the manual separately. Trust me, I just pieced together 99% of the NES manuals, uh, you know, like eight, almost 800, and I probably spent a lot more per pound per pound versus if I bought them all complete in box versus buying the manual separately. It's probably the same for buying the boxes of manual separately as well. And I would, I would almost certainly say that, I mean, it, this goes for, you know, anyone who's doing serious collecting, but um, if 
you're going to do complete box collecting, it's best to buy it probably in lots, even if there's only one or two games in that lot you're looking for, and spend the extra money. Because you're going to find a lot of people who are doing complete in box. Um, <laughs> say gluten-free? No, who are doing... Compl- it sounded a little like that. Who are doing complete in gluten. Uh... Well, they're going to want trades. A lot of these people like to do trades and trade bait. Uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot less, I think, cash changing hands for these things, especially at conventions um, or in local collector circles. So it's always good to have a if you want, if you're going to do complete like NES, have a stack of you know doubles or, or it doesn't matter. You know, have something to throw in besides cash. Um, the final thing I'm going to say, like Ian said, uh, with the space. Again, this also we don't know how many games. Maybe, maybe you only want fifty games that are complete in box, not the whole library. The whole library will take you a hell of a long time. I would say this, never to start that at this point, unless it's a freaking Virtual Boy or Master System. You can do Turbo Graphics. You probably can pull off, even though some games now, like even Hero Toma, is finally like a thousand or more with the box, or even without the box. So. <clears throat> there's only a few I would probably even recommend trying to do. Go with a series maybe or a publisher that you really yeah. like. You know, um, you know, get all the Disney Afternoon games complete in box or get all the Mega Mans, you or, know, complete or, in box or, you know... All the ones I grew up with as a kid I have complete in box. All if, like 14, thir- 13 games I have. If you like Jellico, get all those complete in box. And even some of those are going to be really expensive to get, but, you know, maybe maybe... You can start small there and see if you really want to keep going with that. You know, pick a set that you like, try doing that all complete in box, and if things go your way and you don't find it to be too much of a hassle or too expensive, then continue on. All right, this is from uh, Daniel Jost Leary. Friendly's opens their first new prototype store with an updated look. Phone chargers at the tables and drive through Plans to expand after years of closure. I mean, not really a question, but, you know, just a, a heartwarming bit of news to us in the uh, in the CU Podcast compound. <clears throat> um, Friendly's was a, is a uh, diner and uh, ice cream chain. Uh, diner-esque. Diner-esque. I mean, what, what, what would you say? It's a family restaurant. Yeah, family restaurant. You know, they got the... the the, the steaks. You got your grilled cheese. You got your burgers, burgers. your sandwiches. They've you know good breakfasts. Yeah, more like a, a Denny's it's, it's or a, better. Don't better than Denny's. Well, yeah, or a Perkins. I like Perkins. It's in the Perkins. It's in that sort of neighborhood of type of place. <laughs> I don't know about the quality versus Perkins, the, but the nebulous Perkins hood. But it has <laughs> the best ice cream on the fucking planet. That's right. what Perkins doesn't have, or Denny's. And that's the important part. Pat and I both have a love. Of I was friendlies. just there. Yeah, from from our. Uh, from our upbringing on the uh, East Coast. Uh, and Friendly's have been closing down and disappearing all up and down the East Coast forever. I remember... Past 20 years. Yeah. I mean, my childhood Friendly's closed when I was probably 14. And then, I mean, you know, they got progressively harder and harder to find. But now they're updating with, what, phone chargers? Well, this is a, a prototype restaurant they're oh, trying. Okay. So Friendly's has rebounded from what, I, from what I see. I, they're still around. It goes with us. Because of us? Because of us. Because of us over the past year? Or hey, we, uh, we raised the price on Danny Sullivan. We can raise the stock on Friendly's. So there's a new location opening up in uh, Marlboro, uh, New Jersey. And um, is that Marlboro, New Jersey? So, yeah. I don't know, unless there's another Marlboro, but I know there's a Marlboro, New Jersey. Uh, no, it's not. Fuck, I should have prepared better. So, all right. It's 
So it's going to have, you said, phone charges, drive through and it's going to has a little updated look. If you've ever been to a Friendly's, if you've ever been to a Friendly's, it's it's kind of older-fashioned. Like, it looks like it's out of the 70s. Wood Formica. A lot of reds. Yeah. That's friendlies is a script white, and it's red. Yeah. F-R-I-N-D-L-Y, Friendlies in the Summertime. Watch the commercials on, on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the, where the hell we're going with this topic, to be honest. I just think it's but, good. It's, it, it, they're not changing the menu, though, right? They're not changing the ice cream. They're not changing the menu. They're not changing the ice cream. And for the first time in years, they're going to be expa- uh, expanding. Uh, Esperanto. They'll be expanding, uh, not not contracting. Like my waist after the ice cream. I try to get the, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Sunday, <laughs> Or the watermelon roll. Or the witch or ogre ice cream. You know. <sighs> Have I told you about the clown? How the clown is, is kind of close to the witch. Yeah. Yeah, they're, ba- they're basically the same. Wait, where is this located? What Marlboro is this? I feel like what the hell's going on? We're going to represent uh, friendlies. Marlboro. I thought it was Marlboro, New Jersey, but it's not. That would have made us good. That would have made sense. All right. It's going to be five to ten new stores by 2019. Uh, these prototypes. The logo is the same, but now, again, there's a drive-thru. And the cool thing about friendlies, and this is free advertising... The ice cream section is separate, too. Yeah. You can just walk in and get ice cream. You don't have to deal with nothing else. No bullshit. Yeah, we don't need a sandwich. Oh, it's Massachusetts. Okay. Marlboro, Massachusetts. There you go. Support support your local friendlies, all right? Opening new stores, not closing anymore. Why the hell do I have a hard-on for anything that has any remotely related to any happiness as a child? I don't know. Uh, Nintendo, friendlies, Thundercats. You know, it's all the my, same. My grams used to walk me up to the friendlies, and we'd just get some butter crunch ice cream and enjoy life. Butter crunch? Yeah, butter crunch. Not butter pecan. I like butter pecan. Butter crunch is with um, the butterscotch candies broken up inside of it, though. Oh, I don't know if they got they got rid of that. Very good. Do you know what the watermelon roll? Watermelon roll is great. Do you know what that is? It's fantastic. Look it up. All right, it's fucking genius. It's summertime. I suppose I did a ten-minute rant about it at Syracuse convention last year. I had to see the video of that. It's a summertime in a slice. All right. What else is going on? Is that it for this CU podcast? Yeah, I gotta go sit in a pharmacy for a while. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, check us out. We got a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash CU podcast. You can watch the full uh, videos and all their awkwardness. Video version of the podcast. You also get, have a chance to uh, ask questions on the CU podcast hotline by doing that. We'll try to get Q and A uh, for that next time. You can call in and leave a message. Um, what else is going on, Ian? Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving giblets. We've got uh, two dozen tamales sitting in the fridge for Thanksgiving. We have like... Have Thanksgiving here? Over at John's. <clears throat> We've got like... Uh, I think... I think I'm invited? I, I no. thought you, you're not doing nothing? I mean, you can come. <laughs> I'll show up. No, I got plans. Uh, I mean, you always have plans. What, what time is Thanksgiving? My, I'm thinking mine's at three. Uh, we're eating at probably about four and hanging out all day. Okay, I will see. Uh, maybe playing some drop mix and eating some foods. That was, was drop mix. It's just, uh, fucking Gerard, I uh, was talking to, uh, Austin Creed about it on, 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 fuck, this is like a, an advertisement now, on Twitter, okay. and I looked it up, and I was like, holy shit, they made this game for me, and I bought it immediately, and I was like, thanks, Gerard. What is it, like a DJ mixing game? It's like, card game there's a board oh it's a card game it's, it, there's a board 
and it hooks up to your iPad, and then you put you, you get speaker, you hook it up to a Bluetooth speaker, and as you drop cards onto the specified spots, it starts playing bass lines or drum lines or vocal lines or keyboard lines from certain songs, and then it mashes them up and with creates, cards. With cards, it sends a signal to your Bluetooth. Yeah. Huh. And it creates musical mashups as you're playing, and then there is like a game involved where you have to get to 21 points. But it just it's fucking phenomenal. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so I'm taking that over there because well, I'm going to challenge you with that, my yeah, friend. It's fun. One but, of my slight electronic music days in college. Well, the post up, post up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Other than that, um, thanks for all your support. Uh, we're going to hit December, the ground running. I'm going to be moving. And, um, oh, uh, yeah, if you, if you need a nice nice Christmas present, go to ultimatenes.com for a certain NES guidebook. Why not? Makes a pre- And this year I'll have them in stock past Thanksgiving. I hope they won't sell out this Thanksgiving. If I do again, that'd be a great problem to have, but I should have enough for, for Christmas. I'd suggest Ether for a Christmas present. For Ether? Yourself. Yeah. Oh. Also, my, you know, I don't want to ruin it for everyone. I might put out a, a promo code for the weekend for, for uh, Cyber Wednesday or whatever, or Cyber Friday. Have to save a little bit on the, on the uh, the book. So anyway. Luna's doing some shit. You're, you're doing a sale as well. Yeah, this weekend. So, if you hear this, if you hear this within driving distance to Luna two locations, Chula Vista and uh, La Mesa, El Cajon area, yeah. technically San Diego. I, I missed the Voltaire Street location. All right. Oh, I missed the Voltaire Street. All right, let's go. All right. So for Ian Ferguson, on Pat Country, on Pat Country, my man, my man. All right, we're out.